Welcome everybody to a Couch Divided podcast. I'm Nick, and alongside with me, as always, the wonderful, beautiful Dr. Robin Hall. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> I should I should have used the word excellent. Excellent. Well, because my teachers back in the day say don't 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 say feel good, because oh. that that implies that uh, the surface level, your skin, your body feels good, not the. Uh, your mentality, like, uh, yeah, you feel good. Like, it's a thing that they need to oh. say. I, I, you know, I'm doing well, really, is the, is the, the proper response. Excellent. I, or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, I am. I mean, I have heard the argument that responding with good is, like, is, is colloquial. Like, mm. it's too simple. It's not thoughtful. But I have not heard. That sounds Mark Twainish. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Ugh. You don't like Mark Twain's writing? No, I do. I just don't think that he's the percipium of, you know, his sarcasm doesn't mean that I have to capitulate to anything that he said. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like he says, if you talk about the weather, you have really nothing to talk about. Um, but uh, uh, I actually like talking about I'll, weather. But yeah, like, you know, loser, get away from me. I'll talk about the clouds if no. I, I want. Okay. <laughs> we might need to explore off mic, Nick, your... Like clear disdain and hatred for Mark. They, Twain. they they give the Mark Twain award out to like comedians and things like that. Oh, and I'm like, I was like, you know, how do you get that? And I like, I don't know. I, I guess you have to be better than Mark Twain or something like that to get the award. Like, I don't know how you compare it. I hate comedy awards and things like that. <laughs> so subjective that you give an award out. Who votes for this? <laughs> oh, we d- we are just coming out of awards season, <laughs> yeah, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah. Well, so we hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode um, and don't hate us too much for making you wait a week for the second part. I wonder if this is going to end up being more than two parts. Well, we'll we'll try to talk about it <laughs> because in the no, last no, episode. Yeah, <laughs> we are definitely going to be talking about you know what, OCD uh, proper today but there is seemed to be a good response in last uh week's episode yeah, there was a lot of biblical exhortation and there are a lot of foundations set so it, yes. it's, it, it shouldn't be over you know skipped or anything like that waiting for this episode yes. or anything like that but before we get uh, begin we always have housekeeping you oh, can yes e- our housekeeping yeah you can always email us at a couch divided podcast uh at gmail.com yes ask your we, questions comments or whatever there we we there we know there's a number of you guys that have emailed us and mm. We are, we are trying desperately to get through back to people. Yeah. So, and sometimes we do address your emails uh, without using your name or proper scenarios uh, on the podcast. So always listen. Yeah, but there are, you know, there are some we want to respond. to. It's just that Nick and I both. This is not. We don't have this funded full time, mm-hmm. so uh, we can't. We just don't. We have to delegate our time. So. Anyway, yes, uh, like us. What's our business, our housekeeping business? Well, uh, again, you can always email us at a couch divided podcast at gmail.com. You can also uh, contact us on Instagram at a couch divided pod. Yes. Facebook with the same name. Yes. Um, we are meme masters, <laughs> right? Keep uh, you all engaged on our page too as well. But if there is some content out that you would like to see us do, we always respect those yes. uh, those messages. And um, In fact, that is why we are talking about OCD because so many of you have, uh, have requested, requested such things. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we'll continue yes. you know, to um, be mindful of your suggestions and uh, you guys we have, have given giant, us a lot of ideas. Yeah, so. we have a giant master list going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. 
Um, was there more business that we had? Um, that will be it. Again, uh, we appreciate your comments and your messages. Yes, yes, we love that. Please keep keep talking with us. We love that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I feel kind of disoriented today. Can I just confess that? The sun is out, and I feel like it's the first time the sun has really been like out, out. Yeah, it's been stormy, windy. For a couple of months, pretty <laughs> it's been, consecutively. It's been gloomy, yeah. And we, from the land of sunny Arizona... Do not live like that. Mm-hmm. We we know we there are so many of you guys all over the world and it's so stinking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so hi out there. Yeah. Um, but like lots of you live in tropical, like equatorial mm-hmm. climates. Uh, plenty of you guys live in like the Pacific Northwest, like very very stormy, a lot of mm-hmm. storm. Um, we have a lot of Canadian friends mm-hmm. as well. You guys. Depending on where you are, seem to experience perpetual winter. I forget uh, about our <laughs> Aussie brothers and sisters. That's as well. right. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. But we are not prepared here in Arizona to handle that many consecutive days of overcast. I love rainy weather. Mm-hmm. I love it, and I think it's because I was born here, mm-hmm. and. We don't get it at all. That doesn't happen to us here. It's like a novelty. Yeah. That's why everybody retires here because the weather is usually consistent. You don't have to. But it has been a very, very wet, like winter. And where are we like in spring yet? Technically? I don't know. I don't know any of that. That's another side effect of being (laughs) from Arizona. We don't actually have to keep up with most of the seasonal changes. Yeah. Summer and winter, (laughs) and that's about it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> there is no like fall look with the browns. Uh, well, if you the, go to northern Arizona, yeah, then you there get it. You well, get it, well yeah. and not just northern. There, like, there are several higher elevations. But we live in a straight desert, and it acts yes, as such. Yes, so. it does. Anyway, so I feel like that sun is just like I opened my window because I do that typically. Right. But right. It was really extra bright today. Right. It should have been a metaphor for like the glory it. of the Lord. Did you go like <laughs> right when you open? <laughs> I am a little bit like a vamp, a, a vampire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So anyway, I felt like if I confess that being a little disoriented right at the get go, there'll be some grace. Yeah. Hopefully, yes. let grace cover a multitude. So we, yeah, but we are continuing our conversation that we uh, um, started last week. About obsessive compulsive disorder, we laid down foundations for you. We want to continue to do that today and get to that topic. Um, and uh, hopefully you'll be edified by it too as well. Again, we yeah. pray for, we pray before each episode that, so, that uh, yeah. not only um, are we um, communicating mental health uh, disorders correctly to you, but then also um, reiterating the gospel and repentance and the, that the true remedy is Jesus Christ. So. Yeah, well, correctly. I mean, this is these concepts even in the DSM are all you know just kind of uh, they're agreed upon, mm-hmm. right? But as Christians, we might co- make our own categories, <laughs> construct our own categories. Sure, I ultimately, mean, but we we what you're saying is is that we accurately report to mm-hmm. you all like what is currently agreed upon, right? Um, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I believe Christian criterion is much better. <laughs> yeah, maybe yes. it'll be something we yeah. can collaborate. On with others I would love that. in the future. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we talked about uh, all last episode, we kind of set the stage for obsessive compulsive disorder uh, by talking about the related disorders in this category. Mm-hmm. So we talked about hoarding, trichotillomania, which is hair pulling, 
um, uh, body dysmorphic disorder, just mm. as, you know, hopefully you guys listened to the f- last week and then remember enough from that so mm-hmm. that we don't, we don't have to do like a whole sure. <laughs> overview of that again. We won't. Um, but I do want to say that I think that OCD is one of the things or, or maybe not fully disordered, but these kinds of thought processes, I think people that are part are people that are believers that are part of religious groups. Like we, you know, are part of a body, a church body, um, might be more prone to experience when they get very stressed out. Right. Um, and we will talk specifically about a religiously themed presentation of OCD mm. called scrupulosity, mm-hmm. which is, that's not really a clinical term. No. Um, but it is, uh, it's been, it, it gets used in the milieu right. of, uh, what would you say? Talking about this. What would you say the definition of a scruple is? Oh, I actually looked this up and now my brain is dead. A scruple mm-hmm. would be, uh, a, more like a moral belief mm-hmm. that you hold mm-hmm. right right and it it's Hold so on, i'm looking it up right yeah now. i would i, I uh, again i would say that you're correct on the moral belief and it's kind of pulling you uh left and right right when you either uh have transgressed against that moral belief or that you're trying to prevent that transgression and it impedes on your life um in such a way where you're not getting what you need done, at least at that moment. And of course it could bleed throughout, um, yeah, your whole life to where, Oh, you don't know what you can do. I mean, I, I, I was at a birthday party the other day and somebody wouldn't blow out the candles cause they thought it was a pagan ritual. Oh my gosh, guys. <laughs> I was like, and now you've come down to the point where you can't blow out a candle. Yeah. So <laughs> I just, if anybody is experiencing that level of powerlessness and like feeling vulnerable and out of control to symptoms, mm-hmm. please go get help. And this actually started from you, a- you do not. Yeah. You like, um, and I'm not saying this person is disordered. No, I'm no. Saying, it was but, just that one off event. If, if you're having experiences like that, where you are unable mm-hmm. to participate in a task because mm-hmm you might upset God or you might disrespect God like that Mm -hmm. in that way. That is totally a spirit of fear and not of faith. We'll, we'll talk about the conscience uh, later on in this episode. I'll bring that up because it is important to have your conscience cleared. So, so I want to be very clear because what I just said, I think could be misinterpreted, misinterpreted. We base what is morally good on what God tells us is morally good. And he tells mm-hmm. us that in his law, mm-hmm. in his revealed law to us. Um, so we don't need to go around making that assessment for ourselves. Right. And if we are doing it, mm-hmm. stop that nonsense off and go to scripture mm-hmm. because it's actually pretty clear. Use your wisdom. Yes. And, <laughs> uh, and discern what, what really what is right for you. Uh, in this situation, so because there are things that the moral law 
um, might not go over or that the law of God might not go over um, because the whole counsel of wisdom will lead you to the conclusion of what to do anyway, right, such right, as birthdays. Right. You don't want to celebrate a birthday because it goes against your conscience. You think you're worshiping an, an individual. Then that's, then that's fine. fine. But as according to God's you, law, it wouldn't be prohibited. Right, right. So you can't tear in, you know, tyrannize another, another brother, yeah, another brother or sister for yeah. engaging in that. Right. R.C. Right. Right. Sproul's um, um, sermon on the tyranny of the weaker brother. Yeah. Uh, you will need to, to listen to. Yeah, there's on, an, the other, uh, on the other hand, out of love, we don't want to be, uh, cause our brother to stumble. But yes. remember, that's coming from objectivity, not just from right. What I decide, what you decide, makes you stumble. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so this is what is this? Oxford Dictionary. Uh, scruples, a pl- like plural noun. This is what it immediately it Im- immediately makes it plural. A feeling of doubt or hesitation with regard to the morality Mm. or propriety of a course of action. Mm -hmm. And then the example is, I had no scruples about eavesdropping. Mm. Uh, It's also like a unit of weight, (laughs) just in case anyone was interested in that. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll start with just talking about OCD, but um, I think it'll become clear pretty quickly how being works-obsessed could get out of control for somebody who is a believer. Um, and I, I don't want to say that there are certain people that are more vulnerable to it than others. Um, but anyone that has spent a lifetime operating under the like beliefs, like internal beliefs that you have to earn your worth, right? Mm -hmm. That it isn't God's image that, objectively and independently gives you value as a human being. Right. It's what your performance has warranted you. Mm-hmm. And if you fail in your performance or duty in any way, then you are no longer worthy, which is works-based righteousness. Mm-hmm. And praise God, that isn't the righteousness covering you when you stand before the Lord. Right. Um, so doubt is a huge part of this. And we're going to talk more about that in a second, but I think we could start with the criterion. Okay. The diagnostic criterion. So this is from the DSM-5. That's where we were reading from last week with all of our uh, related disorders. Okay, so this is the A criterion. The presence of obsessions, compulsions, or both. So this is obsessive-compulsive disorder. Um, Obsessions are defined by one and two. Okay, one. Mm. Recurrent and persistent thoughts, urges, or images that are experienced at some time during the disturbance as intrusive and unwanted, Mm. and that in most individuals cause marked anxiety or distress. Mm. Two, the individual attempts to ignore or suppress such thoughts, urges, or images, or to neutralize them with some other thought or action, for example, by performing a compulsion. Mm. So the compulsion relieves the anxiety around the obsession, or at least that's what it seeks to do. Right. Okay. Compulsions are defined by one and two. Okay. So remember a criterion here is saying that we must have the present of obsessions, compulsions, or both. Mm. So one or the other or both. Right. Okay. One repetitive behaviors, for example, hand washing, ordering, checking, or mental acts, for example, praying, counting, repeating words silently that the individual feels driven to perform in response to an obsession or according to rules that must be applied rigidly. Two, the behavior or mental acts are aimed at preventing or reducing anxiety or distress 
or preventing some dreaded event or situation. Mm. Remember that example right. I gave last week right. about the girl who couldn't choose a pencil because her mom would die if she right. chose wrong. Right. Um, let's see. However, these behaviors or mental acts are not connected in an, a realistic way mm. with what they are designed to neutralize or prevent or are clearly excessive. Right. I love that word, a realistic way. Uh And this is what's going to differentiate between us and the secular society as well, is because God has a certain reality. And a lot of the times, even the secular culture will say empirically or what has been common would be reality. And we say, regardless of that, God shows reality. God knows the future. God has revealed himself. God has given you a law. We discern our environment by that. And thus we can justify science, observation, things like that, where the atheist is rolling the dice saying um, that uh, they can't justify that. And so when I take a look at that criterion, I automatically am thinking Christian, you know, Christianese here. I mean, I'm automatically thinking that, which is going to alter things in, in a certain way. You mean how you understand reality? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I think so. Reality, truth is objective Mm -hmm. and unchanging. Mm -hmm. So anybody that argues differently from that Mm -hmm. has a distorted worldview. Right. That Mm -hmm. walking around claiming you're living like the best life, your version of your best self, your best life, all of like that is self worship. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is like almost never mm-hmm. not sinful at least a little bit right um yeah and it like it we are supposed to die to self guys mm-hmm. not be worshipers of self right and look at all those things that worshiping itself can generate I know. and when you take yourself and go truth is that which only serves me right and i get to dictate that um no wonder I feel high terrible. anxiety. Kid. Yeah, yeah, no, no wonder, wonder I have these crazy thoughts that take control of yeah. me and come out of nowhere. You've just taken yourself out of God's design. Well, and you've made yourself God. You're yeah. saying like in this, this is the truth. So if like this is a hard conversation to have with yourself, I hope you will do it anyway. Mm-hmm. You are making yourself judge, jury, and executioner, Mm -hmm. you're deciding it's not good enough. You are deciding that you get to determine what that, what the objective standard is. Mm -hmm. And that's not trusting in God. That's not relying on God. That's not dying to self. It is a form of self-worship, which can feel crazy, right? To hear Mm -hmm. because you feel so terrible about yourself Mm -hmm. all the time. Well, so stop esteeming yourself to the position of God. That's, that is part of. That's what idolatry causes, you know? And so the law of God is to love God and love neighbor. There's a couple of different scenarios. Oh, preeminently, if you disobey the law, I think you're usurp, trying to usurp God and putting yourself uh, uh, in the position of God. Right, right. But also some people go, I'm the neighbor I should love. Oh, I'll, I'll love God, but I'm the neighbor that you, you should love, which is you're disobeying the first command because you're not loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength if you're disregarding people. And then the second of all, you're not loving your neighbor because you're loving yourself more. Oh my gosh. Right. And so what kind of, I mean, it also, because we, we speak of altruism. I don't mind that. We are designed to help each other. We are designed Mm -hmm. to love each other. You take yourself out of that scenario. 
I wouldn't. I'm not surprised if you end up on a couch talking to, <laughs> to a therapist because of the high anxiety. Nobody's going to want to be around you. <laughs> You're not going to be want to be around everybody. I'm living my best life now, and you see everybody as an enemy, impeding on that, like an obstacle to you manifesting. Right, right. And yeah. usually, people understand that, so they don't go full blown. They end up twisting uh, things. Well, I know I've helped the homeless person before. You know, I do care about other people, but preeminently, me more. Yeah. And I don't think that. Um, the law of God actually shows that. It does say love your neighbor as you love yourself, but a lot of people want to attach to the third commandment. If you hate yourself, you can't love your neighbor. Yeah. I'm saying if you hate yourself, you can't love God, so you're always disciplined. So right. it's idolatry. So hating yourself is pride and idolatry yeah. in a certain way. This doesn't mean that people don't hate yourself. You have to get that straightened out, mm-hmm. but it's the lo- through the love of God that you get it straightened out. Right. Then you can start following that second commandment. Mm-hmm. It's not, oh, I love God, I hate myself. No, if you hate yourself, you're not loving God properly. Yeah. So you understand yes. that. Okay, so yes. that's that's what well, Jesus is saying. Right, right. The sin, <laughs> the sin, you just have to, you actually have to identify what the sin issue is there. Right, right. right. And we see this bleed out in, 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 in disorders, such as scru- scrupulosity, uh, uh, at least. Uh, OCD can be generated from a lot of different things, which we'll, we'll, uh, we'll end up talking about. Uh, but well, yeah. so there's lo- tons of evidence that cor- there's physical, physiological causes of this for mm-hmm. some people. Um, there are, I've seen lots and lots of people develop symptoms like this following trauma. Mm-hmm. I mean, trauma and anxiety that mm-hmm. those are they're married to each other mm-hmm. the terms they you do not have one yeah. without the other trauma trauma seeks to misidentify you or crush your identity give you certain desires that you thought that you would never have or certain belief systems that you didn't think that you were capable of even believing well and so like it exploits a system that god gave us to mm-hmm. keep us safe like truly safe mm-hmm. um Anyway, okay, so the B criterion, we, mm-hmm. Nick, you and I could just digress for hours. Uh huh. So um, the obsessions or compulsions. So those four points that I just read, right? Like the two ways that you can define obsession and the two ways you can define com- define compulsion. Mm-hmm. Those acts are time consuming. Mm-hmm. For example, take more than one hour per day. Or they cause clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. I, you know, it does say occupational, too, as well, at your job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just any of the psychosocial domains, mm. any impairment, cl- clinically significant distress in any of those areas, right? Mm. Um, the C criterion is uh, that the symptoms, the OCD symptoms are not attributable to the physiological effects of a substance, mm. like a drug of abuse or a medication. Right. Because you wouldn't diagnose somebody with OCD if it was medication-induced. Right, right. Um, then the D criterion is that is all the exclusionary, like the, the disturbance is not better explained by symptoms of a mental disorder, of another, excuse me, mental disorder. And this is typical in each diagnosis like the the uh, diagnostic criterion Mm. um so you can also specify with good or fair insight with poor insight or with absent insight and delusional beliefs Mm. 
Uh, and then there's also a specifier for if it is uh, tick related. Mm. So um, I think I want to, I really want us to talk about the, how doubt plays into all of this. And we did touch on it a little bit last week in our, I mean, in the first part where, um, especially where I gave the example of the person who, as soon as she heard about the car accident, right? Yeah. She, like the doubt mm -hmm. that she was innocent, essentially, right. became, well, how do you know you weren't there? Right. You were so close. Like, what do you mean? How do you know? I bet you were there. Mm. And it is this insidious, mm -hmm. boring parasite, yeah. to borrow your word, yeah. um, that just plants and sows seeds of disaster because eventually you end up making yourself guilty mm. for something that you had nothing to do with. This just goes to show you that belief is very strong. Oh yeah. Extremely powerful. Yeah. And this also shows that we can't even function in life without belief systems. Mm -hmm. um, and when that belief system is distorted, not in reality, mm -hmm. right? Remember God dictates that. So all belief should be led up to God. Right. Um, when you deviate from that, strange things happen. Yeah. So. And I'm being nice by saying strange things happen. <laughs> Um, doubt, like I, Nick and I were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. We wanted to save the good stuff for you guys though. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the first temptation of all mankind, mankind in the garden was doubt. Mm -hmm. Are you sure that's what God said? Yeah. Wait a minute. No, eat this fruit. He just doesn't yeah. want you to be he, like him. Don't yeah. trust him. He didn't mm -hmm. mean what he said. Mm -hmm. And that question will drive you absolutely insane if you follow it. Yeah. Transgression against God, what that did was reveal to us. What was? Bad. Yeah, bad, 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 bad. Yeah. And we weren't designed. I mean, let's just, let's just call it like it is. We were designed to stay innocent in the sight of God, mm -hmm. to obey him and to love him and to glorify him forever while working and tilling the ground and being fruitful right. and multiplying. And our hand, fruitful with our hands. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like a new utopia. I know. Uh, without sin, that is the true. Yeah. If you want to say utopia, mm -hmm. it wouldn't be dystopian because it would be no sin. Right. <laughs> <laughs> However, what that opened up is um, the reality of, Disobeying I mean, God. every real yeah. and vile thing. And so always, we could always bring back everything to that one moment. So human yeah. disobedience against God, right? Because yeah. Satan clearly had already been disobedient. But yeah, he, I agree. Right. So I think um, it's really, if that helps you, mm. if thinking about the fact that the enemy literally for all of history has been exploiting that mm ability to manipulate your trust in the Lord, your doubt, like, Oh, what if I didn't turn it off? What if I didn't turn off the oven? Mm -hmm. What if I, what if I didn't, we, my, the consequences of yeah. pain and suffering, uh, and your error, um, are all coming into play. You know, what right. if you didn't turn off the oven? Oh, my, my, my house is going to explode. Right. What if yeah. we didn't wash all the germs off of us when we walked in yeah. from outside? Yeah. 
from visiting so-and-so. I had a small moment and it was actually, you know, wise enough, uh, wise for me to actually get up uh, and, and do uh, what I did. But um, I preached a sermon yesterday and I gave somebody the text that I was reading from because they're going to display it on the screen. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, and for some reason, I thought I gave them the wrong text. So <laughs> when I went into the room where they were doing corporate prayer and everybody was praying, I go, I need to give them the right text. And if I wait to the end of this prayer, it'll be too late because then service will start and they already have everything set on their PowerPoint. So I got to get up and go talk to him. Now, it turns out that I did give him the right, <laughs> the text, but there was this doubt in my mind to go and make sure because the risk was too heavy. Now, that was a wise decision because I'm not suffering any kind of consequences by just going in there and going this. You yeah. Know. But you elongate that into situations of faith and belief, then yeah, man, it's like, well, did I really dot, you know, dot my I's and cross my T's in salvation? Yeah. You know what I mean? Did I really confess? I mean, I, cause I still know this really, dirt in really me. Am I really, really saved? Like yeah. that's doubt, yeah. guys. <laughs> I have to make sure I atone for these things. I like, maybe I'm not saved that yeah. uh, it, I think it does ultimately. Talk to a lot of people. It leads to really serious issues with assurance of salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and especially like a, a, a scrupulous person, somebody who is going to have these obsess- obsessive and compulsive thoughts and behaviors around like moral mm-hmm. or religious issues. Mm-hmm. For example, like works, right? Mm-hmm. What did I sin today or not? Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. You ever heard the <laughs> the concept of easy believism? Uh-huh. Yeah, which I actually reject. Um, I do believe that uh, the Lord causes uh, regeneration. The Holy Spirit applies the finished work uh, of Jesus Christ to your heart so that you will believe. Yes. If he didn't love you first, you would not love all no. that stuff, right? No. But then even in side salvation, the, the apostles said, this is going to be labor of actually confirming that belief into your heart mm-hmm. right so the reality is there before you labor uh he says work out your salvation with fear and trembling be transformed by the renewing of your mind peter actually talks about in second peter one confirming one's election by various attributes applied to yourself mm-hmm. virtue knowledge love he's saying that there is a labor inside of salvation that you have to do to not only participate in the divine nature of God, but to confirm one's salvation that you may be rendered uh, effective and not useless in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. This is something somebody coming out of drug addiction with extreme uh, paranoia and obsessive compulsive like tendencies right had to really get into his heart and guess what at the end i not only convert my salvation but the remnants of what drugs did to me and the paranoia and the uh of scrupulosity yes they dissipated a lot right a lot Sorry. <laughs> yeah a whole lot i'm just uh steered up there for a i second. mean yeah. so like in christ we are free Indeed. Um, So I think like this manifesting in a, in a real life day to day way could be like your example last week, Nick, of not wanting to your Bible in the back seat Mm. or not wanting to have anything like touch, sit on top of it as like a sign of disrespect to God. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing wrong with that Mm -hmm. as long as 
you don't get into a car accident Mm -hmm. or like impair your ability to drive because you cannot take your focus off. Mm. Right. The fact that you are sinning because God is offended that you put your Bible down in the backseat of your car, Mm -hmm. which guys, he's not. No, he's not. (laughs) So, that so that like that would be a really like a way that we would be practicing that like works based yeah. salvation works based righteousness without even realizing it you know and it's doubt like it can I think it's I hope it's super clear how that can lead to if doubting your salvation if you if every time you sin you call into question whether or not whether or not that's evidence that you really like don't love God. Oh, you're going to, you will drive yourself completely insane. And that's not how we're supposed to understand our salvation. Like even with what the scriptures that you just brought up, Nick, we are not supposed to live in chronic fear, right? We are supposed to have assurance of faith, like of, of those that the 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 father has given me, I will lose none. Nothing can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus, nothing, nothing. The Bible consistently talks about the fact that you can know that you're saved. Yes. Now, I don't know anybody else's heart truly. I can see the fruit of which they are and go, that's a brother or a sister. And I'm going to hold them to that standard. I'm going to believe it until proven otherwise. Right. But in myself, I have a hundred percent. I can have a hundred percent assurance in the sense um, and it, it, this may take place over time, right. but I know my God now more so in the seven years of walking with him than I did that first year. Of course. Collectively, I know now that I'm saved, mm-hmm. but that first year I didn't have anything to go off of. Yeah. I didn't know the future. All I had was that moment. I've had experiences. I go, okay, I think God is with me. And I had to straighten out my conscience mm-hmm. and my understanding of scripture and the law to really validate those things so it took what knowledge and wisdom um uh to get those things into me to clear my conscience that i didn't have those scruples in my head i go if you know what if i want to put my bible in the back seat i think it's okay because it might be safer back there (laughs) um and i'm not putting god in the back seat because i know who god is and his word's going to be fine well and like okay (sighs) The Bible that I have is not God. It's an artifact from God. Mm -hmm. The words in it parallel the things that the apostles wrote, Mm -hmm. which is the word of God. Okay. So, and for any of you out there that would be like, but look at all of the ritual and look at all of the care Mm -hmm. and the beauty and the the ornate craftsmanship that God Mm. instructed us to create and care for, like his temple, Mm -hmm. tabernacle the ark, all of these things, Mm -hmm. if it, like, if it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter, yeah, why would he tell us? I feel like I'm, I'm like manifesting Jeff right now and walking down into the, yeah, and asking participation. Yeah. 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 That's what he did for the last two weeks. I know. I know. And everybody in the middle room didn't have to worry about him. (laughs) It was so funny. The, one of the. I was sitting next to the Manzanitos and yeah. Luke is like, he's coming in here. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you should. If anybody there wonders what we're talking about, go on Apologia Studios and look at Jeff Durbin's last two sermons. Yeah, you'll see what we're talking about. He's walked off the, the stage in the pulpit. So God clearly cares about the care that we take with 
things that are precious to him. Mm-hmm. Of course, his word is precious to him. But good news, you are not in charge mm. of keeping scripture mm-hmm. intact or unscathed. That's totally outside of your pay grade. Right. And that doesn't mean you should burn your Bible. Yeah. But like you need to have a healthy understanding Mm-hmm. of where you begin and end and where the rest of the world begins and ends right. and the God who created it all right. and stands co- like unchanging right, victorious over all history, right? All history. So, and a, a lot of people would say, you know, it's heart's intention. You know, if we really thought that you would put in God in the back seat, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Then you should take your Bible and put them up front. I go, if I have a defiled conscience to where I actually am thinking I'm putting God in the back seat, it's probably best for me to give my, my, my Bible. But even better, I should probably clear out my conscience and have it orientated on objective truth from right. the scripture. That way, it's not even a quarrel in my mind. Mm-hmm. The better mind's position is always truth not just capitulating to a defiled conscience. Right. I would say, go ahead and do that in the meantime, straighten it out. Right. If you're worried about it, like erring on the side of not sin, that's fine. It's I I would always say err on that side. Go work it out. Yeah. Go work it out. Work it out. And, uh, it's like, I I think we should also speak to like the, I don't, I don't want it to come off like, um, we're being insensitive to, to the level of just absolute utter suffering mm. this can bring yeah. to a person. Um, it's so real and it's so suffocating. I mean, paralyzing. It's just, it's ruinous. Yeah. It is destructive. Um, and sometimes there are very phys- physiological, biological, chemical causes Yes. For that. Yeah, we 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 even, talked about that. Yeah, we yeah. talked about it in the last episode. I mean, like, hey, if you went to you bed one that, way yeah, and then and you, you woke up another, another way. Yeah. Go go see a doctor. Right. Go if you get your thyroid feel, yeah, checked. Yeah. Like, go have an endocrine panel run. Because these things tend to these, what? Yes. There there yeah. is totally connection to yeah. to that. And yeah. it, so especially with OCD, but like, um, if you rule out mm-hmm. a physiological cause, right? Mm-hmm. And all you have is that existential cause. You know? mm-hmm. And that plagues a lot of us, you know. Yeah. Um, and the realities of our environment, our belief about that. Right. I think gonna, a lot yeah. of us kind of experience transient f- seasons of thought processes like this. Oh, yeah. Um, where that is the human condition. Right. right? Where yeah. it's, it's a lot easier to, sometimes it's a lot easier to, f- like, forsake that distorted thinking. I think I said in the last episode, mm-hmm. please don't diagnose yourself every undergrad right I there. Know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we can tend to do that because... It, no confirmation by... If you look at the criterion, you'll go, well, I've done that. And I go, okay, d- once, twice? Uh, is it over a span of 10 years? Uh, uh, how is it? Mm-hmm. You know, what we're talking about is perpetual uh, yeah. uh, thinking like this to the point where it's interfering in your day-to-day activities your da- in life. Your daily life, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and a lot of it can be, I've seen so much, so much OCD suffering that results from traumatic stress. Um, so if you have like un- pro- like dealt with traumatic stress, deal with it. Mm-hmm. 
as a Christian, you don't get the luxury of deciding that you are going to remain unwell. Right. That isn't where you've been called. I've, I've spoken to somebody that, well, you know, in, in a book of Ecclesiastes, I'll paraphrase this. It says, don't wait for the storm to pass to go right. and, um, and to go and do your job mm-hmm. because you'll end up missing the opportunity if you wait. Right. And what I mean there is that time is precious. Yes. God has created it and has given it to you yeah. to capitalize. I've talking to people go, I'm going to get over my depression first before I go to church. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take care of this first in my mind before I do this. And I go, if you're successful at doing that, I wouldn't actually repudiate the idea, but the command is to go to church. And I believe that you can easily take care of what you need to mentally while still following the biblical commands of God. That actually probably is a means to mitigate that suffering until you can get to the, uh, that epiphany where you can over, you know, overcome that uh, that hill right um i've talked to many people like that now i'm speaking purely existentially and categorically in some some senses uh, of depression but i think the reality is as christians we don't have an excuse to not follow the word of god yeah right um so i mean i think that's like a call to any of us if we're feeling terribly whether it's we're struggling with something like this Mm -hmm. or something else like being chronically depressed, it's navigating like a chronic illness, mm-hmm. especially a chronic illness that doesn't have like giant gaping leprous wounds that everybody can see. Right. Um, all like, of all what regardless. So like, you know, I've, you know, there's people that have been in a car wreck and her, their whole body is broken, right? They're in a full body cast. And all of a sudden Sunday approaches, they're still in the hospital. Oh, I'm missing church. <laughs> like, that that is scrupulosity, right? But your whole body's in a cast, and you're in the hospital. There are realities from the uh, the, the counsel and the wisdom of God that would say your disposition is okay. You don't have to. to well, yeah, yes, right. right. So, like, of course, there is nuance and caveat to everything right. that we say with regard to um, severity, like, and unique cases, mm-hmm. right? But I think your heart really and that is the core issue the heart of the issue is the heart heart, right yeah so so like if you could get up out of the bed in your cast and get to church then you would then you would but so therefore you're not neglecting the gathering right but not not because you're afraid that you will lose your salvation if you don't attend service uh but because you are drawn by the Holy Spirit to want to be in fellowship with your brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and to come together in corporate worship and to take communion and, and rejoice together. Right. But back to like what I was saying is any, for anyone struggling with anything like this, it's always a great call to make to ask yourself, like, am I being obedient to Christ in the areas that I can quickly be obedient to him in. Mm-hmm. Like, am I reading scripture mm-hmm. frequently? Am I coming to the table to feast on God's word right. frequently? Right. What am I telling myself about God's character and his promises? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, am I believing the world more than I'm believing the Lord? What's my prayer life like? Mm-hmm. So, so of course you will not just automatically eradicate really severe OCD symptoms. Mm-hmm. If you start doing these things, that's not what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but chances are, if you are struggling, this these areas need to be attended to first. Yeah. And they are the uh, the ends and means of imputing something else into you. Yes. Peace. Peace, peace. Um, and you'll be surprised when your mind calms down 
how a lot of these things just kind of fade off into right. the ethos, never to return again. But People uh, that that have a very very serious condition frequently will end up on medication. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like the moral of this story is, if you are unsure and you are suffering greatly, please seek out wise counsel. Mm-hmm. Do that quickly. Like, don't wait. Do it tonight. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, whenever, I guess it'll be in the morning. For us, it's like mid-afternoon right now. Um, But I think wholly overall, doubt and believing like falsity about about the Lord Mm -hmm. contribute to a lot of the anxiety that we experience overall. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's different in OCD. I think that... If you can stop the spiral, yeah, right. If you can stop yourself at the top of the spiral, you're in much better shape right. than if you spiral through all of that anxiety every mm-hmm. time, like that what if scenario. Right. And so, like, my challenge, I guess, would be follow that thought. You mm-hmm. know, like ultimately, even if the absolute worst occurs to you, uh, to you, about you, of you, if you belong to Christ. What are you worried about? <laughs> Christian, like, yeah. you should have no fear of death. No. Uh, and not in the ways of the secular world. Right. No, I know. mean, like, actual will run out of my house right now and mm-hmm. fight a dragon mm-hmm. because Jesus. Right. And greater love knows no man than this, than one lay down his life for his friends. You know so. I mean? Sacrifice. But, uh. Uh, in those situations, we have a healthy fear of death as far as the preservation of life because God delights in life. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore, I'm not going to do anything that um, would dissatisfy God in the ending of my death. But I would fight for my friends. Yeah. And I would take a bullet, even for you, uh, at listening at home. <laughs> uh. But I, I would do that because I do believe that is the moral character of God. I mean, that's what Jesus has yeah, been I mean, for us. Guys, <laughs> yeah. talk about like, I mean, innocent. So easy for me to say this on the couch. I know. <laughs> but I think that my heart, um, and it is deceitful above all things. Let's, let's not uh, uh, get that twisted. But in the seven years that I've been with Christ, because I know my God now, now more so than ever, uh-huh. I do believe that I would lay my down my life. Yeah. Uh, my friends and by God's grace I will com- I, I would do that I would complete that if that opportunity arose and in and, 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 and situations I believe that God has created those environments um, so that preeminently God's glory will shine in the love of the saints mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. Um, I hope that that is true of me yes that is what I will say yes for my son, you can say for sure for, for your my family. son and yes. for James, I have like very little doubt, and yes. my sister, my mom. Yeah. Um, but I do think that uh, I hope and trust the Lord would br- put me in yeah. uh, whatever frame of mind and disposition mm-hmm. would be most glorifying to Him right. in that moment. Have you ever seen that movie As Good as It Gets? Yeah, I love that with, movie. Um, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. And Helen Hunt. He kind of has OCD in that oh, movie. Oh, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Not he kind has, of, but he does. Yeah. He has OCD, yeah. He can't step on the cracks. He can't do this and things. Right. A lot of that is, you know, I, I believe he could step on the cracks because is it the break your back kind of thing? Or They never clarify anything. They never clarify anything. That, that stuff like that, little rules like that yeah, yeah. is a really common. Right. 
manifest. It's a common symptom. You're just bringing up an idea or, or, or a story of I can't choose a, a particular pencil. If I choose wrong, my mother will die mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? Um, having your mother die would be devastating, not good, right? <laughs> um, you don't, you want to prevent that. Uh, in a sense, she's got it in her heart that she wants to preserve mom's life. That's a good thing. You don't want to get rid of that kind of virtue. Right. right? On the other hand, um, this shows that our belief systems always have a little bit of truth and then a lot of error (laughs) attached to it, showing that our conscience knows the law, but then does whatever it can to prevent us from transgressing that, even if we transgress over another one. Right. And so we'll break the law to follow the law. Yeah. Whereas Jesus fulfilled the law all, you know, completely, completely imperfectly. Right. So we have to understand within ourselves that we can't do what Jesus did. uh, did. We strive to walk in a matter as if uh, that that he walked. Right. And honoring to him. But he is our advocate, uh, our high priest, our mediator for a reason. Right. If we <laughs> if we could attain sinless perfectionism in this life, then we wouldn't have to worry about any we kind of psychological. Yes, we wouldn't need Jesus or any kind yeah. of psychological disorder. Uh-huh. But, you need Christ. That right. you need Him. Right. So if you catch yourself doing silly things because you don't want to transgress against the law, chances are you are in other areas, and there's a lot of error in that belief system. But I want to get this straight. Yeah. There is a virtue in there. Sure. That is. Your, yeah, your heart for wanting to please the Lord, mm-hmm. that is a good thing. That's, don't get rid of that. But your salvation, right. do, like your peace does not rest in your ability so many people actu- to be sinless. Yeah, so many people actually submit to an idea of uh, dissociating from sound doctrine and simply uh, going to the, uh, well, Jesus loves me so I can do this. And I go, well, yeah, Jesus does love you, but what is love? How is that manifested? What does that mean? Um, and uh, you'll, you'll see this in a lot of evangelical churches. Like, it's the sermon's all about you. Yeah. Kind of thing, right? And that makes you feel good, and that might expiate some of the scruples that you have, but there is now... Um, sort of an apathy on sound doctrine and well, and your focus remains uh, right. on the place it shouldn't be right. which is on you and we get them muffled up too as well so that when somebody has that tony robbins like pastor yeah. and has been going to that church they look at now as reformers of being uh, bigots or logic choppers yeah. when we actually have that same virtue of wanting to submit to the Lord, wanting to follow him. And because truth matters to us, every single word must be exposited correctly and interpreted correctly so that we can walk and please the Lord. But because we are aired, we rest in Jesus right. Christ. A lot of the world doesn't see that. And so now our environment is kind of scrupled up. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know? yeah. And I think that there's a major problem inside of the church right now in battling with the saints. And we battle each other because, well, I don't need, I'm simple. All I need was, you know, Jesus loves me. Everything about Jesus, right? Uh, I don't want, um, I don't need to know why uh, he's the Lord of the Sabbath. I don't need to understand Paul uh, in predestination. Mm -hmm. And again, I bring this up is because we're, we can be so 
because we're hurting so much and the things uh, of anxiety are in our mind so much, we're willing to be apathetic on things that matter. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, uh, I, yeah. yeah. So all of our energy is used up. Right. Attending to that. So we have to find a balance between um, um, you know, what truly matters and how we can rest uh, yeah. in that. And it's not disassociating from God so you can experience the freedom. It's pseudo freedom. Right. That, that is. Yeah. It's pressing into God so that the truth may set you free. Right. And uh, guys, if your mind is not used to doing that, you're going to detox off of a former lifestyle and you it, ca- it will cause suffering for a bit. But if you hang in there, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, your mind will be transformed. And these things, again, will start to fade away. Yeah. As you're conformed to uh, more uh, so in the image of Christ. Did that all make sense? Yes. Okay. I, fe- I felt like I was being a little too wordy, but like, uh, but yes. Yeah. Um, one of the things we didn't really talk about, we didn't really break down a lot of the examples that the DSM was giving. Um, maybe we could do like a little. I was like, I would like, like a, to hear some. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean like a, we could do like a, like a Q and a or something, um, oh, to yeah. go through all of them. That would be great. Um, but I, okay. So like the obsession experienced as an intrusive and unwanted thought mm. sometimes, I mean, you know what intrusive, intrusive thoughts are like. Oh yeah. I know what intrusive thoughts are like. I wouldn't wish them on my very, very worst enemy. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, trying not to wish anything except uh, God's grace on my enemies <laughs> to yeah. start with. But like they are, they can be so catastrophic and so unexpected. Mm. So like seemingly anyway, at least to catch you off guard or out of the blue and pa- like, I mean, powerful before you even blink you're already at the like halfway point in this spiral. Mm. Like before you even realize what's happening, you are already like just did a swan dive into the chaos of it. And it's because the, the feeling itself is so powerful. Yeah. But here's the thing. That isn't the one emotional experience that's outside of your control. Right. And if you have really, really severe OCD you need to be getting it treated, Mm. right? Like Mm. that should not be your everyday, all day experience. Mm. And if it is like, you shouldn't be willing to tolerate that Mm. ultimately. Right. So I did want to like, it's very powerful. I I really hope that we are not in any way like diminishing or reducing the suffering involved in any of this because it is debilitating Mm -hmm. even if you're only even if you're a person that has only ever transiently Mm. right experienced a thought process or two like this like a stray thought like this Mm. um it's awful it's really awful and it will swallow you if you focus on it instead of across and for some people if you refuse to do what you need to do to get it treated mm. and to get help. Yeah, I, I can see almost see the process when you when you talked about intrusive thoughts as a Christian right now, as I would define a, an intrusive thought, it's a thought that I don't want that's yes. impeding on me. Right. But the reason why I don't want it is because I have the law of God and I want my thoughts to what? Submit yes, to that. Right. And the right. thoughts are very frequently themed. Yeah. Right. So 
uh, we, I mean, we could use the religious theme, like you're awful. You're not saved. You're unrepentant. Mm. You're going to hell. Um, I lot perverted sexual perversion, mm. old sin thoughts consumed. Like it's a strange thing. Old yeah. sin. It's a strange thing. How the they thing that we are, the thing very often it is the thing that we hate the most yeah. that intrudes and Boom. the, the yeah. intrusion, that component of it is it's not like it's not like a thought that you you just distract yourself out of like yeah. it's it it's there mm-hmm. boring yeah scripture through, memorization helps right. me with that i'm like i want to get rid of it so yeah like, and i'm going to remind myself who i am through the scriptures i'm going to remind myself who god is the gospel right eventually like, you yeah. you gain a process yeah. that you can help yourself yeah. move through whenever the thoughts occur right. um, and more importantly i want my brain to react my mind. I want it to react to the things of God. Right. Whereas before it would react to the things of sin. Um, so like outside of Christ, I had no intrusive thoughts because every thought that I would say intrusive now is something that, that I delighted in. Yeah. You know? Oh, okay. Like the perversion and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And so now that I don't delight in those and those perversions tend to pop up in my mind. Maybe I'm reminded of something. Maybe I'm in a type of environment that reminded me of my past, um, come from a a highly promiscuous background. Mm -hmm. So when I drive down the, the freeway, I look to the left and there's some, um, you know, a store that sells sexy lingerie or something like that. Oh yeah. Reminds me of the promiscuity I have all of a sudden I'm, almost, you know, all of a sudden I, I start thinking of the things that I've done in the yeah. past and all, it's almost uncontrollable. Like it just pops up. Yeah, But the association right. is uncontrollable. It was yeah. so bad that first year, but now I tend to look at those Billbergs and I go, ugh, and I just, you know, it's not that I don't remember. It's just, it's more now, um, an undesirable thing that it's ever well, have. So been. what you're, I think in your situation, Mm-hmm. And you can see how that can, uh, can cause scruples. Right. Because if you're... But what you didn't do yeah. was try to avoid it in the sense no. that you are just going to... I'm a to, man. I've seen it. At, it's reality. Gonna I'm going to ignore and yeah. pretend like it's not there. Mm-hmm. Like we are not... That isn't how Christians yeah. are supposed to approach things. And hi, I'm Robin. I am a experiential avoider from mm-hmm. way back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I'm an OG. Yeah. Um, Professional avoider. Oh, man. It is my favorite pastime. <laughs> I think we should give you business cards that say Robin Hall, professional <laughs> avoider. Don't call me. <laughs> Emotional avoidance. Yeah. So, but I like, and I, I, it will be probably the thing that I have worked the hardest on okay. um, and failed the most spectacularly at periodically um, in all my years on this earth so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are not that we can't do that. We're not allowed as Christians to yeah. protect. Like we, we actually have to take courage mm. and we do because of Christ. Mm. I can do all three things through Christ oh, yeah. who strengthens me. I have to actually bring uh, this up. I think it's very important. Um, it does involve pornography. So if you have children in this, uh, in the room, please, um, you know, and you don't want them to hear us, um, you know, either pause and, 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 and straighten out your environment. But the reason why I bring this up is because I actually had um, a ministry called the Imago Dei that um, emphasized, you know, anti-abortion and helped moms and things like that. And I was building the website and I wanted a picture that said justice for the preborn. 
And I, you know, I was just going to go on Google because I know the abolitionist movement is going to be all over the place when I, uh, when I uh, type that in. I can go to images and find my, my picture. Well, I had a typo in the word born. Mm-hmm. And instead of a B uh, for born, um, I hit the word P. Oh. Right? Spelled uh, porn. And so uh, what happened, what do you think happened when I clicked entered, uh, enter and I didn't realize that? I went to images, just not even realizing it. Yeah. And all kinds of pornography. Yeah. Now, this was like two years ago. Um, I have a, you know, a straight and healthy mind uh, in that. And that I went. That was an accident. Yeah, it was an accident, right? Yeah. And I went, ugh. And I backed out of it. And I corrected my typo. And I went on with my life. Because yeah. I know that I wasn't looking at it. I've seen yeah. it. I've seen it before. And it, like, it doesn't. Right. Okay. Okay. This is such a good example. Yeah. I but love that first that. year, I would have freaked. Right. So yeah. so the difference, right? Yeah. And I, like, I love that you've been willing to share so much of your own experience through this. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it shows a not like a progression in what is possible. Mm-hmm. Like, and attainable yeah i know who i am i know who god is i know my uh, savior uh the proper thing to do is back out correct your mistake right right and move i mean move forward like and if you if 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 seeing the images even though that was accidental caused you to sin Mm -hmm. the the answer is still the same you Uh, repent i have a resurrection to obtain yeah you repent (laughs) right confess repent acknowledge it for goodness sake this is one of the the biggest problems in our current culture is that people will not take responsibility for anything acknowledge it repent of it Mm -hmm. move forward you're forgiven yeah you're forgiven um now fortunately enough for me uh the gospels ends there so deep where i i just don't delight in those things anymore. I just right, I, of course. And so I went, oh, yeah. And I backed out and fixed my mistake again. <laughs> moved on, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, that first year with Inside of Christ, I would have freaked out. I would have thought it I sinned. Been the reason I would have just you been going. Aren't saved. <laughs> yeah, I would have yeah. been rocking back and forth in a corner, thinking that I just lost my salvation, yeah. all that stuff. So yeah. and like uh, that isn't a that's Nick just being honest about how it would have yeah, hit differently. Yeah. And so I, I I love being honest about that because I know who I am now. There is hope for you who are is right, in the same right, position, right? right. Yeah. Who have people who have found themselves there. Um. It's interesting because like my experience is recently is that one of the, at least one of the things that I think apologia is suffering with regard to a spiritual attack is exploitation of these kinds of insecurities and Mm -hmm. doubt. So like people who don't normally experience, you know, um, struggling with this might, and like, obviously I have no way of, actually saying oh well that's definitely spiritually attack i can't say that but it makes sense if you think about doubt like that was the first thing the serpent did Mm -hmm. he suggested that god wasn't to be believed Mm -hmm. and that he was actually he was he was doing something like wrong and deceitful and trying to keep Mm -hmm. knowledge from from humans from Mm -hmm. adam and eve um and they knew better so if if the people in the garden can make the mistake, mm. so can you. So can you, postcard. Yeah. <laughs> right. Adam is our federal head. Now, if you're in Christ, he represents you now. Uh, but because uh, we're being sanctified and we're not yet uh, glorified as that, that is our blessed hope, uh, we still have remnants of the uh, what the curse has done, especially right. when we live in an environment that's still cursed. 
Christ just relieved the consequences of that curse yes. uh, from you. And that's how we're supposed to be living. And if you aren't living like that and you need help, I, the first place I would start is scripture, your pastor, like your local body. Do not isolate yourself. Never. Oh my gosh, never. Can you imagine if you had been the only one wandering in the wilderness for 40 years? Mm. Like the desert. Ugh. By the mercy of God, I would hope to get through it. Yeah. But I know my sinful self. I would so. be so crazy at the end of that. Yep. Anyway, um, yeah. So I think maybe we can in the future, like, come back around to this and talk about mm-hmm. other subtypes right. in more detail. Let us know if there's anything, like, specifically that you want more, I guess, information on. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember if I said this last episode or not, but um, there is a huge incidence, huge, that's the wrong word. It is not uncommon for moms postpartum to develop some OCD symptoms. Again, don't suffer in silence. That, I mean, and typically that there's a very hormonal correlate with that. So you're not going to think your way out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't suffer in silence. Right. Go get, go get help. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. Do you think we covered it? All? You know, I think that we hit um, what Christians need to think about this too as well. And um, you know, we, we want to reiterate the fact that if this has all of a sudden come up upon you, um, scrupulosity, all, all that stuff, talk to your pastors, but OCD like symptoms mm-hmm. that just come out of nowhere, please go see your doctor. Yeah, go see a doctor. We get checked up. If you've sort of ruled out that it is physiological. Yes. I don't want you to feel like that, that there is no hope. No. Christ is always the remedy. Yeah. Coming from a person that has experienced these things to a, a, a certain degree. Right. Um, I'm not saying look at me. But right. Well, and you're also not saying that it's perfectly healed and that you never have yeah, any re like maybe relapse is probably the bad, like a bad word for it, but like a remembrance. No. Yeah. It, it's gone. Uh-huh. It's gone. Um, Christ says that, he saves the least of all people yeah. so that his power may be magnified. And that's what the gospel is. Mm-hmm. I'm the chief of all sinners and I consider myself the least of all people. Just knowing who I was in the past mm-hmm. is worthless. And I don't mind saying that. Um, Paul didn't mind saying that. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to mind saying that. Um, but I know that I'm not now only because of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So if he can save a guy like me, Chances are you can save a guy like you too as well. Yeah, I can definitely echo that. Do I have to be PC a person like you? (laughs) (laughs) An image bearer. Um, Yes. I I don't, maybe we shouldn't give this away, but, or maybe we should do like a little tease. Yeah. We have some very, very cool upcoming plans for crossovers. We should have talked about that in our housekeeping, but. I didn't remember Maybe another right. doctor will show us. That's the only tease <laughs> that, that, that I'll give you. Um, we are super pumped. So, yeah, we've got, I can't believe that we're almost at the end of March already. Um, but we are. Yeah. It's crazy how fast it goes. 
Well, we love you and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Yes. Please contact us, like and share, subscribe, all those good things all and share. I, I posted uh, uh, last week, I said, share it with your friends and enemies. I love so. that so much. <laughs> I loved it. And uh, if you're struggling with anything that we've talked to, uh, about today, uh, a doubt in your faith, conscience, please take courage and please take heart. Understand what Christ has did right, perfectly. Uh, and, and has done because he has overcome the world. Mm-hmm. Love you guys. Love you.